Here we are. We're back. It's been a long time, but we're back. It's Cheese and the Tugboat, and we're having a conversation. Cheese was blowing on a horn there because it is time for a celebration. What are you celebrating, Cheese and the Tugboat? Dead air. That's what we're celebrating. <laughs> it starts as a five. And it ends in a zero. It's our 50th episode! <laughs> we did it! We're half a hundred! Yeah, it's our 50th episode. We've been putting off, putting out episodes for several weeks as we build up to this clearly high production value 50th edition of Conversations with Cheese and the Tugboat. But here we are, 50 podcasts young. Yeah, because you, you think like, like 50 a lot of times, you know, it's like, oh man, if we get to 50, like after it's just it's all, it's all down, downhill, like how can we get better than, than 50, you know? But wait. You're just putting it off, putting it off. Should, shouldn't it be easier, thus better, if it's all downhill, like gravity's on your side and just another ally for you? Yeah, and you got like all that um, like experience that you gained on the first 50. To really help you down the hill. But wait, gravity might not be your ally if you're a woman. I've heard that gravity's not a friend to, to women. Hmm. Further investigations required, I guess. But there's all kinds of good things about being 50 cheese. Uh, I mean, lots of great things are 50. You got Labatt 50. It's a good beer. Well, it's a beer. There's 50 states. Plus, they have a couple other ones, maybe. I don't know. Uh, my, my dad's 50. Well, yeah, older than that. But he's a pretty good guy. Uh I don't know. What do you got, Cheese? Uh, like 50 is your peak. If you go by the whole, like, after 50, you're over the hill, which means at 50, you're at, like, the peak. The peak of the hill. You're tip-top. So you're at the top of the world, then. You're top of the world at 50. That's what we're riding right now. That's why we were screaming so loud. Oh, man. The There's uh, Paul Simon's 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. I mean, if you're looking for a way out of a relationship, you just gotta, you know, rhyme away. You basically rhyme your way out of a relationship. I think that's like probably one of the most safe and hilarious ways that you could possibly do it. Well, for you, it, your lover might be a little more disappointed. I don't know, because like, if you got like, for you, you could be like, hit her with a mate, chase. But why would I? Yeah, no. Well, I think uh, Tugboat would be hitting with a mace because I'm pretty much a medieval warrior. God darn it! I keep not going by the podcast name. I have not learned in 50 episodes to continually refer to you as Tugboat. Maybe we'll have to do 50 more to see uh, if Cheese actually learns. Well, I, we'll probably do at least two more. 
<laughs> what would rhyme with the tugboat in a way to leave your lover? Uh, Call her a goat, tugboat. Give her a slug, coat. No, no way. Uh, no. Throw her in a moat, tugboat. Burn her coat. You don't leave her, you just build a moat in between you and her, and then she can't. You build a moat with crocodiles and. Like, like, a, like an emotional moat? An emotional? <laughs> emotional? <laughs> I would actually probably say that that does exist. Create this barrier of emotion between you, just like a moat of emotion, like kind of like baggage, and then you're just like, I can't get through that, that's too much. I want. I want to love him, but he's being so emotional. <laughs> you know, like, like like building a moat between us with his emotion. <laughs> it's hard to say emotional and really stress the moat part. <laughs> it all just comes uh, out the can, same. Uh, you can make her a root beer float, tugboat. That's a nice send-off gesture. Oh, who's? Why are we being nice? I thought we were. Leaving our lover. What's oh, um, call her a goat. That boat. I said that one. That was the first one I said. What about what about something about sneaking away, like physically leaving your lover? Get on a boat, tugboat. Damn it, that's boat twice. You can't do that. Paul Simon would not approve of that. Write her a note. Write her a note. Boom. That's it. That's the only way. That's the best way to do it. Put the mace down. Get the note out. Okay. Made from peppers. Speaking of peppers. <laughs> speaking of peppers, cheese. Let's uh, let's take a moment to reflect back across the eons of time that we did our 50 episodes in and maybe just vocalize a few of our favorite moments a couple that really tickled our fancy if you would well i can definitely tell you that the one that has come up the most in my lifetime has been half quest surprisingly <laughs> would not have predicted that one I mean, you have to. It's totally us. That's what we, that's what we started. Um, Biggity Clack was, uh, was another one that I still find hilarious. I've, uh, I've been using those last two at work very regularly, especially get it together and then throwing stuff at people. Mine's more a context for Biggity Clack for me is usually like um, turn left and you'll see the place is on the right and boom, Biggity Clack, you're in the plot. Done. And they just look at me like, what? And I was like, Biggity Clack, you're in the plot. Get going. Get it together. Get out of here. Yeah. It all ties in. I, Path Quest I used once and I just got blank stares. So I decided that Path Quest was going to be held for other things. 
outside of the we workplace. Had a, we had a, like an improv warm-up exercise that we do where it's like uh, compounding words. So like someone before you will say a word, and then you have to complete that word, and then say do-do-do-do. And there was one session where someone said path as the first wet word, and I said quest. <laughs> and everybody had to say path quest to do to do and I just laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> they didn't get it, but I did. One of those giggle giggle on forever moments. Um, any other ones that cheese? Those are your top three. Uh, Irish Times is still in the works. I still think that's an excellent franchising opportunity if someone has, you know, money and time and desire to, to get that thing going. Like pirate time. <laughs> yeah, I mean pirate times. That's gonna live on forever. Egyptian times. Pretty much all the times uh, spinoffs of pirate times. I think would be fantastic. Loving that. Um, still love Chivalveron. Uh It's just fun to say. <laughs> I don't remember the exact context, but. I'm, I'm thinking most of those resolution episodes are gold. Um, oh, yeah. Another fun moment, uh, not really the moment that we shared with the listeners, but when we got uh, accused of copyright infringement on our Halloween episode for using that spooky <laughs> song off YouTube, I had a pretty good laugh about that, like a nervous, like, yeah. oh, my God, oh, my God. Um which, by, by the way, would probably be one of, like, the worst times to get copyright infringement when it's, like, not even, like, a legit, like, if you use something that's, like, a top 40 hit somehow or, like, a Disney song and they're, like, okay, yeah, guys, like, you can't use that, you know, we're going to do it. But, like, if you got, let's say it was $50,000 that they were trying to sue us for copyright <laughs> infringement on some garbage Halloween, just sort of soundtrack such a terrible song <laughs> somehow we got away with it though uh, I forget what we did but. so now, now on, on the 50s uh, 50 onward uh, totally original soundtrack and music from yours truly Cheese in the Tugboat which will just be a lot of hoots and hollers and inaudible singing yeah wow. which brings us to a new segment that we're not doing this episode but in the future which would be uh Tracks by the tugboat. Tugboat tracks. I've got four. They're all about 40 seconds. And if I could teach myself how to play the recorder better, then, you know, that could be dangerous. But luckily for everyone out there, I can't and or will not. So, um, yeah, the... Yeah, just thinking the number 50 is a little ambiguous because we did have like an, an episode that was just called X, which I didn't count as a number. Um, I think it, it, Yeah, but this one was like in the 30s, I think. Just a random episode that was like a bonus, so I called it episode X. Uh, I think there was one, the year in review, but I think I just put that on the tugboat.ca. I don't think it was actually in the any episodes and uh, then there's the first six the mysterious first six unaired episodes 
no one will ever know what's on them. Um, when we release the box set DVD, maybe we'll put them on there with some commentary. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I will say that my favorite moment from the ones that you'll never hear was the whole thing with the errands. And uh, someone thought we were talking about running errands and doing errands. Anyways, inside joke for us, but that makes me laugh every time. Yeah, every day. So yeah, there are six other episodes that you'll never hear unless you're like some kind of cheese in the tugboat conversation insider and uh, you join our frequent insider club that we don't have. Anyways, marketing aside. Um, uh, if I could, if I could, I would like to, to just give a little uh, shout out to the guests that we've had throughout our first 50. Um, so just uh, cheers to all those people. I don't have a list of who they were. I think there was uh, GRP and the beer guy and uh, talk about what else you got. We had the estimator. We had Admiral Bonesaw. I think that, well, the Bouge, of course. That's probably it. If I'm forgetting, if I'm forgetting someone, you should have made a bigger deal about it. Anyways, cheese. Uh, in the last episode, we were talking about '90s TV shows, and yeah, we, we, we had a couple of little, uh, a little dinks and dunks that uh, we didn't, we didn't clear up. We didn't, a uh, couple of path quests that we didn't walk down. Uh, so let's, let's uh, go ahead and uh, clean that, clean our plate here. Uh, we don't want any leftovers because uh, we don't have fridges on this virtual space to put them in. So. They'll just go bad. Okay. What? Well, I would just like to uh, shout, take a shout out time to remember from the 90s, just sort of the, the serious episodes. There were, um, like, I mean, a lot of real good, like, comedy, sitcoms, all that kind of stuff. Sitcomedies um, back then. And there was a lot of, like, really hilarious episodes. But every once in a while, especially in first seasons, seemed like in their original seasons, they would always try and give you like a nice moral of the story or have like a really serious episode that would not end in hilarity. And you'd be like, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta think about that. And then just gradually as the seasons went on, usually those disappeared or they would have like one per season and then it would just be like super epic. Um, if I were to point out some like really, I guess, good ones, I would say... Saved by the Bell, surprise, surprise, um, they had one about drugs. They had one about drugs where they basically bring in this guy, like, I think his name was Johnny or something, Johnny, awesome, great hair, seemed to be a success in their world. They brought him in to do an anti-drug campaign, and then they find him smoking pot. Johnny. Johnny smoking pot. People so can't. Then, people can't see you gasping. Only I can. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> now you, now you sound were... like an alarm on the uh, on the Star Trek or Star Wars. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm gonna stop doing it because I'll hyperventilate. But um, <laughs> then they may find him, and then they're all like. Whoa, dude, like, you're telling all these kids to not do drugs, and you're doing drugs? What a hypocrite. And then they bring in some other guy that was probably, like, a 
master general in the U.S. government. He had some sort of legitness back then. I don't even know who it was. And then they go, there's no hope with dope. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Good message saved by the bell. Which, actually, every serious episode, I think, in those 90s episodes, for the most part, had drugs. Because there was a couple others from Saved by the Bell where, like, Jesse was taking those pet pills with the, like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And then they cry, and it's all serious and stuff. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air had tons of really solid, serious episodes. One of them was when Will gave Carlton some speed pills by accident. Accident. And excellent. It was an excellent accident. Excellent. And uh, and then that, that got pretty emotional because like Will was like, I didn't. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, Carlton. And then... Uh, Several episodes later in the future, there was the one where Carlton bought a gun to protect himself because he was afraid and stuff. And because they got robbed at gunpoint. And then so Carlton gets a gun to feel safe. Carlton got a gun. Yeah. And then Will comes in and he's like, Give me the gun, Carlton. Give me the gun. Give me the gun, man. And he's like, You owe me. You owe me because Will got shot. Oh, that was, I did not yeah, know that. I did not know that. And then, probably the most serious one of all, the episode where Will's dad comes back. Yeah, that's the one I was I, thinking of. Oh, man. Oh, if you, if you had dry eyes after that episode, you are inhuman. Full sociopath. Full sociopath. Actually, like, if I was a psychiatrist and was to give, like, a, like an exam or, like, a test to see if you were sociopath or not, I'd be like, okay, watch this clip, this episode, the entire episode of Fresh Prince where his dad comes back, and then at the end, if you don't cry, then I'm going to stamp you with the diagnosis of antisocial or... I don't know, Cheese, I think you got to do, like, an eight-week program and get them to watch two episodes per week leading up to that to really fall in love with the character of Will and get the context of the show, and then drop that on them. No, man, that's, that's how good that episode was. That was a standalone episode. You didn't need to know. Uh, you didn't even need to know that. Didn't around. Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's more powerful if you do. And then, plus, you get to charge them for those eight other sessions. I mean, isn't that how this works? <laughs> no, no. So that was like, that one was really serious. And like, those were always appreciated because like, they give you some nice, some nice feels, you know. You don't have to build an emotion. I feel like you really knew that it was going to be a serious one, or the moments were accentuated by a lot of times there was just no music for those, and they would just like fade to black and go to commercial after like a big moment like that. And that just, you're just sitting there in the dark before the commercial comes on, just like, oh my God. Whoa, my God. Like at the end of every Fresh Prince episode, there was always that, like, and they're, like, running the credits and stuff, the yeah. serious ones. They just, no music, really, and they just showed the credits, and then it was, boom, done. And you just sit there the whole time being like, what just happened? What? Who? What? what? But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it really, I don't know, they, the music, if they would have put music and they put, like, some, like, boom, 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 again, Price is Right, uh, type of sat as music <laughs> I feel like it would just ruin the moment I think it's just way more powerful with nothing 
Yeah, just some drunk guy up in the production booth that like supposed to play like sad, fresh French music and accidentally puts on the crisis crate music. Or uh, yeah, it's just his thing. He thinks it's hilarious, so he just puts it, dubs it over everything. Hey, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, we just got you a new car. Boom, 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 boom. But yeah, music is one thing that we we didn't talk about. You you were touching on it, talking about theme songs, and um, the thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was just the music within the episode. Like we talked about laugh tracks and basically like needless cues to laugh at every sentence, and then the music it basically just sets the tone for the emotion of the of the scene. So uh, they really i don't know a lot of times i felt they overused that kind of stuff especially the laugh track and then yeah the new comedy we already talked about the office and the other one there uh rest of development they just cut that out and just made it cooler yeah because like if you really look at it though like if you look at something like the office you can't really have a laugh track because there's not a lot of stuff that's like set in the purpose of being funny really like the awkwardness there's no punchlines. It was like the awkward was making it funny. Yeah, or the long pauses. Yeah, like it was a real situation. You got these long pauses, these real things. And like you're laughing because it's so much tension and like just such a ridiculous concept or, that this person is doing this, but it's also quite real. Or you're just super entertained by it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to like pause you there and go back because there's a few other serious episodes that I wanted to talk about because they uh, they left a lasting impression. Yeah, get, get get after it. Get some. There was a Full House episode. Yeah, Full House. You wouldn't think, oh man, that was all just like really good stuff that happened in Full House for the most part. There was an episode where Stephanie Tanner had a friend and it was the little kid who was in the first Mighty Ducks movie. Um, Guy Germain. Kid who, no, the guy who wore the leather jacket. He didn't come back for two or three. It was some little short guy, dark hair. Okay. Um, he was like kind of like, oh, yeah, you said you didn't even deserve to live. Like one of those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picturing him with the kind of tough guy leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Overheard Gordon Bombay saying bad stuff, so he was in it. And uh, he showed up to uh, Step Tanner's house with, like, a black eye or something, and she was all like, what happened? And he was like, oh, I fell. I fell down the stairs or something like that. But then later in the episode, it was just kind of like, oh, man, you better not do that, Stephanie. Your dad's going to beat you. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, what, your dad doesn't doesn't hit you when he's mad and stuff? And she was like, no, my dad would never do that. And then he's like, oh, uh, uh, I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. <laughs> Me and neither. Then, Mine neither. <laughs> yeah. trouble one time instead of for the rest of his childhood. Exactly. So it was like real heartfelt that one was like, oh man, full house tackling some deep issues. Getting after it. Getting after it. There was an episode where DJ had anorexia because she wanted to lose weight. That was a serious one. So I don't I remember none of Full House. 
I barely even remember no, the no. characters' names. It's bad. That's fine. It's real bad. I just, I just want to put it out there that those sad episodes are appreciated, and I don't think they really do that a whole heck of a lot on comedies anymore where they just have a sad episode or a meaningful episode, and they just leave it at that. Oh, contraire, cheese. Contraire, indeed. Um, the program known as Mom, which airs Thursday nights on CBS, they have every three almost is a serious episode where someone will die or they'll like they're battling addiction they're alcoholics and drug addicts etc so there's opportunities are rife for serious moments in that show um just when the characters are really starting to get it together and their path quest has taken them to a good place all biggity clack boom somebody dies or something horrible happens or their kid gets taken away or some some trigger that should push them back into their addiction and then they have to like band together and it's quite good it's quite good the producer chuck chuck laurie who you may have heard of um because he produces a lot of stuff including big bang etc um he was on the nerdist podcast this week and i listened to it and uh he's talk about how he kind of pushes them in that direction because he just wants to see what he can what he can do what he can get away with so it's not dead i i agree with you that it's more rare now than it was then but it ain't dead still breathing um so let's i'll, I'll save these a couple of questions i have for you at the end i'm going to grill cheese a little bit today get a little All right. put a little color on that uh Cheese-ness. But um, we promised the beer guy that we would talk about Seinfeld. And it is kind of the epitome of 90s sitcom television. So let's do it, Cheese. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Okay. Now, I would probably make the argument that there were no serious Seinfeld episodes. They tackled serious topics, but in a humorous sense. There were no... There was no, like, pause at the end. There was always out of that, like, Yeah, I would agree that there was no serious... I, don't, I would even say that there was no serious topics most of the time. I, relevant topic. I'd say relevant. Maybe not serious. Yeah. I'd say relevant because, like, stuff that happens in your everyday life. And even, even Susan's death was met with more humor than sadness. Definitely. Um... Speaking of that, let's off the top. Let's just get it out of the way. Favorite episode or moment? What do you got? Favorite moment by far, by far, would have to go to Kramer in the episode known as The Fire, where he rescues a pinky toe from a lady off the street that I believe was Jerry's girlfriend or something like that. And uh, gets on the bus to rush her to the hospital, and he's got it in, in the bag of ice or whatever. And someone like mugs him on the on the, the bus stop, and he like punches him in the face, and and he goes unconscious. But then the bus driver goes unconscious because he's so excited. So then Kramer starts driving the bus, and then that other guy wakes up, the mugger, and then he's fucking him off with one hand. He's driving the bus with the other. And then, uh, so I kicked him out at the next stop. And he's like, you kept making the stops? And he's like, they kept running the bell. <laughs> and then I thought that was 
just everything about that was friggin' hilarious. I I agree. And then also in the same episode, there's like a fire alarm, and George just throws like an old woman and children or something out of the way. At the party, and he pushes the clown over and. <laughs> yeah, and that has literally happened to me in real life, and I don't remember what the context was. But something terrifying happened, and my first instinct was to just basically, like, get out of there. It was so embarrassing. Awesome. Oh, I, yeah. I know what the situation was, but I will not divulge. <laughs> I, won't, I won't pry. I won't push you for it. Um, yeah. Let's just say I was scared, and I only was looking out for myself. As it should be. Trust no one. Um, yeah. For. Mine's got to be the soup Nazi one, um, and particularly I've been quoting it the last two weeks, mostly the quote where he says, if I would have known it was yours, if I would have known it was for you, I would have smashed it into a thousand pieces with an axe. And uh, I say that to my kids at work all the time, or at least I try to. But I love how just, like, irrationally angry he gets, but he's also, like, a good guy and you know he gets along with Kramer and Kramer will stand there and chat yep exactly he's a he's an artist he's just uh, very particular but yeah when he's and just like how he'll fly off the handle and be like no no soup for you and then that's just it and people go along with it I love that it's so funny um yeah there's a lot of other things like uh George's dad is a riot all the time um, but uh, why why was it such a good show? Cheese it ran for nine seasons, top notch, king of the ratings. Jerry got a million dollars an episode, first time ever. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, bring it to me. Well, I can only go off of my opinion based off no research whatsoever. But just the the reason that I like it so much is because like you've got four actors that get along, like, not like get along, but like they, they meld so well with each other, like they, they're each very unique, um, and uh, each just like kind of have their like little role in the show that just like complements each other really, really well, um, but I think it's, I think it's like the ridiculousness matched with the mundaneness, like when they talk about like it's a show about nothing, and like a lot of people talk about the show about nothing, but like... It's just stuff from your everyday life that seems, like, so unimportant, but then makes it so important and so yeah. hilarious. How they sensationalize, like, the smallest minutia of your life. Oh, like, yeah. Like, the whole big salad thing, you know, do you, somebody gets you a salad or say they're going to get you lunch and then you order the biggest thing on the menu and then dealing with that slight, if you can call it a slight, and stuff like that, hilarious. Because it happens to all of oh, yeah. us. Oh, it definitely does. Like I, this one's like maybe not happened to every one of us, but there's the episode with the junior mint. Oh yeah. And there's just so many twists and turns about like how like there's a lot of things that happen in your life that you're really like you're like holy crap this thing that I did pretty much murdered a person or whatever and you're making it out into your head like the worst thing ever like this junior mint is going to like kill someone because you spilled it in the operating room <laughs> and then you find out later that it's like you know something saved this man and then 
know, who knows what it was, and they're like, it's like the junior mint, and I just think that's like the most ridiculous premise or like your ridiculous thing. I don't know. I liked it. I, I enjoy it. Toward, like, I think it was the uh, series finale or leading up to it when they're, they're bringing everybody in to the court and basically yeah. showing all the stuff they've done, but like showing it in more of a real light and being like, these people are monsters. You did this to this guy? Like how Jerry bankrupts yeah. Babu and ruins his restaurant and stuff. It's hilarious. A Pakistani yeah. restaurant. How could you? You're a bad man. Very bad. I think it's, yeah, like you said, the characters, they're diverse enough that you can kind of pick pieces of yourself out of each of them. Probably not the the one of them. And then the scenarios are just everyday, relatable scenarios that happen to us. So seeing how these extreme characters deal with it, it's like, you know, there's probably people that are a little bit like George, but I don't think there's a full George out there that's just like, well, other than Larry David, but... um, like people are just that insane and Kramer I don't even know like maybe some meth heads might act like that but and then Jerry's just super easy going and just like eh, whatever like, everything even done for me yeah. yeah that was a fun episode too uh, yeah. and then Elaine I don't even know I, I don't know um, the Bouge would talk about Elaine at length probably seems to have become quite interested in her as of late. Um, she's just funny, like, just because, like, she, she's going in these relationships, she's, like, a good-looking person, seems to be kind of, like, nice and everything, but it's kind of similar to Jerry. Like, they just both find something in their partner that they just can't get over. Yeah, it they fixate. Like, there was one episode I watched recently, and it was uh, a lady dating this man, and he writes a note of some sort, but it doesn't have an exclamation point at the end when it's like, you know, for one of her best friends, like baby showers or bridal showers, something like that. So she just like, I, I just feel like, you know, that sentence should have an exclamation point at the end. Like, what kind of guy doesn't get excited? You should be excited about this. So she finds that thing after earlier saying, like, this is the perfect man. He cooks. He's really nice to me, all this stuff. But then they end up getting in this argument and breaking o- up over, like, an exclamation mark. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You ruined it. Well, there, there's man hands and the the one who cleans his apartment and then just starts sleeping with him and not cleaning. Um, and yeah. the, I don't know, there's so many to count. The one where the toothbrush goes in the toilet and uh, she uses it and then he just, like, he's done with her. Classic. Okay. Yeah. And we, then... Uh, so many good ones, like the one where uh, like you were, you can't remember her name. Yeah. He's been like dating for a little bit again. He's just trying all these roundabout ways to try and get the name out, and everybody's been there. Maybe not when you're dating somebody, but like. Yeah, in a situation you can't remember their name and you're trying to get them, or you bring someone else in, and you're like, I'm yeah. I'm the tugboat, and uh, this is, uh, and then hope that she says it. Hilarious. Yeah. We could probably do a whole thing on the women of Seinfeld, too, because... Oh, like the one where she's, like, wearing a bra, like, as a shirt in public, and then Kramer, like, sues her, and it's like... Oh, yeah. She's at the old Henry Candy Bar factory. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm even thinking the the actresses. 
because a lot oh, of them yeah, yeah. a lot of them went on to be big stars or they were just on their way up and they kind of did a little cup of coffee with Jerry and then yeah what was your last one oh it's the last one I wanted to talk about um, was this is one of the most recent ones that I watched and it's where Jerry starts dating this girl who calls him like Snoopy oh yeah and then, so it's like, oh, it's Snoopy, you're Snoopy, no, you're Snoopy. And, like, George is getting super irritated by it, like, just crazy irritated. Yeah. So they could put it, throw it back in Jerry's face and make it obvious, like, you guys are being stupid. He starts doing it with his partner. Yeah, him and then And she loves it. She's like, oh, like, I love how much, like, you were just so openly ex- affectionate in front of your <laughs> friends like that. I think you were really got the next level of our relationship so then George now has to do it all the time and he hates it and then Jerry breaks up with his girlfriend so now they're not around anymore but then George is just left He's so stuck. it's like what he did out of what he did out of spite now is just like that's with him forever but and, and I, I've seen that everybody's seen that people are like oh my snuggle man like yeah no, you haven't I seen it, it here. I don't. I don't. I don't do that. I don't do that business. It's not my thing. Um, I feel like. Yeah, I think that should satisfy. One other thing that I mentioned when we were chatting at a different time, cheese is, we could almost create like a personality wheel, and have like the four corners, have like a quarter of it be Kramer, a quarter Jerry, a quarter Elaine, and a quarter George. And then you have to like place where you fall between all four in that that uh, thing for personality wise, because they're different enough, I guess. But uh, that'd be a fun game to play. You could make like an internet thing and be like, "Which Seinfeld character are you?" Click here to find out. They still. You already know. They still do that. You already know. And then it's gonna come out, and you'll be like, "I knew it. I knew I was Jerry." I answered all the questions that I thought would go along with Jerry, so yeah. I know that. Well, no, there's no questions. You just, someone else, I don't know. I, I still yeah. like, I, I'm full of ideas. I've got all kinds of ideas. They're, they're going to come out. Um, all right, Cheese, we're uh, closing in on 40 minutes here. Um, I'll ask you, I'll grill you quick. So, 90s, TV shows. Do you think they were trying to send a message? Do you think there was any morals they were trying to instill in the young viewers? Like all these people that came through watching those shows in their impressionable years, what effect do you think that had on them? Well, I cannot necessarily speak for an entire generation of nah, people. Do it anyways, though. Go ahead. It's fun. side of the house <laughs> yeah yeah so it definitely clearly by that one singular example it, it's shown that uh, people are, are very much still us versus them like basically if you don't like my thing then we can't be friends have friends anyways um but no i would say that like 
a lot of those shows had a lot of good messages um, as far as what it instilled in me. I don't think a whole heck of a lot other than just like this endless bank of quotes that I can apply to life at some point, which I actually think like can, can help you to connect with people to a certain extent. Like you can at least, with all these 90 shows, if not anything, they've given a sort of commonality that like everybody can talk about. Everybody can be like, oh, you remember that episode? And they'll be like, yeah. And then you got like, a, little, a little connection there, a little hint. Um, but as far as values, like, I don't know. I didn't grow up in, in, in Bel Air or West Philadelphia, so uh, the whole gun thing, I don't, we don't really have to deal with uh, on a day-to-day basis. As far as drugs go, I don't think uh, I was in a social situation and went, oh, remember that Saved by the Bell episode? They said there's no hope with dope. I want to have hope, so I'm not going to do dope. I don't think that was really the case, but uh, more than anything, I think it's just entertainment. Yeah, I think I like your point about uh, giving it some connectivity. I see the other side of the coin, though, too, where you bring up a show or an episode and the other person is unfamiliar, and then it's just like an awkward dead end hang up in your conversation. Conversation. It's, yeah. Um, it's a risk. It's a risk when you're throwing out a quote like that. Yeah, dice, roll, dice are rolled. Um, yeah. And my next and probably final question is. Can I blame those shows for millennials and how they're super entitled? Um, you can. You can. I mean, you have the right to do whatever you would like. However, um, no. <laughs> Damn it. So, usually, usually, most TV shows are a product of the culture. Yeah, yes and no. I think they take directional hints from things, but uh, ultimately they can also steer the culture. I think they can uh, take the rudder and drive culture to certain places as well, would be my opinion. opinion. But it is a, it is a, it is a, a push-pull, push-pull thing. Yeah, I'm not gonna stop doing this perverse hand motion. Yeah, it looks like he's uh, pleasuring a very thin, flat would, dick. Do you think? Do you think girth would affect it? Yep, yeah, I think it probably. would. <laughs> Classic. But I would say, like, most people would recognize like a, a trait within uh, within the culture about how like a group of people, like say millennials, were entitled. They would probably make a show about entitlement or show entitled people, and then that in turn would be like, oh yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I relate to that. Like, uh, I think girls, girls really shows that off really well. I know that's not something that the tugboat watches, but it's something that I watch, and I think it's a pretty good example. But again, uh, there's uh, a whole other podcast to get into, like um, pros and cons of entitlement. Procon. Um, all right, cheese. Well, that's all the grilling I wanted to do today. It's too hot to really grill anything else. Um, we we talked about our fiftieth episode. Just to recap, we get ready for fifty more. We cleaned our plate, dumped it right in the garbage. Uh, we talked about Seinfeld to make the beer guy stop having harassing phone calls to us, and uh, yeah. I think we pretty much uh, 
covered our business. So that's 50 in the can. Or bank. Can bank. Probably in the Labatt 50 can, because that's where we store our film or whatever this is. What would you. Audio tapes? Cassettes? All our cassettes are in there. No, I, I can't use USBs anymore. Apparently, my company has banned them. Um, we're only, it's got to be the cloud. Fox McCloud. Oh. That makes sense. Uh, not for me. But anyways, this has been a conversation with Cheese in the Tugboat. Sign us off, Cheese. Oh, I thought you were already done. Uh, conversation. <laughs> Hmm.